What's up, y'all? We are back. Yep, that's right. It's the Sports Ethos Charlotte Hornets podcast. I'm your host, Corbin Ford. Uh, listen, y'all, it's been a minute. Um, it's been a couple weeks. There's been a lot of losses in between then, but I was going to come on, do some type of wraparound um, with just a recap of, I don't know, what the last couple of games have been like, any trends, and what to look forward to as we get closer to trade deadline season. But then... You know, just when just when you think you know the Hornets, they surprise you. Um, as Terry Rozier was traded today. Um, yeah, that's right. Terry Rozier was traded to the Miami Heat um, in a deal that brings back Kyle Lowry and a protected 2027, well, a 2027 first-round pick. That's lottery-protected 2027, unprotected 2028. I, I couldn't do it by myself. Um, so I had to bring on my good friend Balta up here. Uh, follow him, by the way. On Twitter, a few places. I'm gonna give you a few. It's Josh Balter, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I got yeah, it. Right. I know. Good. I, I, I thank you. I, I'm like, I, I figured I knew, but I'm like, follow him on Twitter. Three places I'm gonna give you. So at Balter seventy seven one, at Hornets lead two, and at Hive Hoops three. And I'll have them all in the description. But the dude talks Hornets all the time. Like literally, the dude is about his business when it comes to Charlotte. I see his posts before I even think about putting my own when it comes to Charlotte basketball. So, and you've heard him on the show before, but as always, man, it's a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much. How you doing today? I've been better. I've been better. I must say, but hey, I ain't doing too bad right now. I got a little vino. Yeah, look, look, look. I, I, I'm a, uh, I, I don't want to say I'm depressed, okay. right? Because look, like, this Charlotte Hornets team is 10 and 31. They're 10 and 31. It's January the 23rd. It was January the 22nd before the Charlotte Hornets reached double digit wins on the season. Mm-hmm. And so, like, to say that, like, you're just heartbroken over losing a fan favorite in Terry Rozier, I think that would be, you know, you're going overboard. You're, you're doing a little too much at that point. But to say that I'm pleased or that I'm happy with the trade that was executed and that was sent through to league offices, I'm not. And so, you know, I've been a little better, but, you know, my friend Little Vino right here making me feel a little bit better. Look, hey, rocking my Terry Rozier jersey on there you this go. episode. There you go. <laughs> you ready? You ready? Let's. let's I was let's, ready. Let's talk about it because I, I definitely want. I mean, I, I wasn't the biggest fan. I, I I wasn't the biggest fan of the trade, but okay. Let me not lie. I wasn't a big fan of Tayros. You're leaving. I wasn't mad at the trade, and the reason I wasn't mad at it, I'm like, listen, like Tayros year has had a career season, right? Like mm-hmm. shooting what 37 percent from three, um, 23 points, six assists. He's taking on a much bigger role while LaMelo Ball's been out. Like, yeah, he's missed 11 games himself, but he's been a fighter. He's been a gamer. He's somebody who's been, you know, really getting in there and, and, and helping the team from a from a leadership standpoint, from a locker room standpoint. At the end of the day, the Hornets made a move financially that does open up space. And Terry Rozier, with the contract that he was on, what you weren't getting much in terms of value there. Like, I, I wish you were, but he's going to be 30 in March. You know, he is an undersized guard when it comes to the point guard shooting guard position. He kind of plays both, but he's undersized off guard. He's somebody defensively that just isn't great there. Like, there was some issues there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, 
and and like you know he's like I said going to be thirty on a contract that's going to pay him a little bit going forward. And so on a team that is by the way ten and thirty two, right, or ten and thirty one, I I forget at this point. So like it's even with all, as helpful as he's been to the Hornets, and you know, and I know because we've been watching, and the numbers for him look great. The record doesn't reflect his impact, like not at all, right? And so in my mind, fine, you're doing this. I don't like to see Rozier leave. I remember when he first came, I was excited. We've seen what he's kind of turned himself into, but it's really one, you know, you get a, a vet back who can play for you a little bit. If that's the plan you're trying to go for, definitely going to be at a much less level than Terry Rozier, but like how much worse is that? He's Kyle Lowry's still a solid player, but B is an expiring contract. And so, you know, cap space is what this is about. Like free agency is what this is about, which we can talk about in a second. I want to get your thoughts on this. I have no idea what the Hornets are thinking is going to happen in a free agency, but they're trying to open up space for something. And I, I, I hate to see Rozier leave. The only bright side I can see is, of course, he wasn't really a fit for Charlotte with where they are. He's going to be a huge help for Miami. And this move also opens up time for Nick Smith Jr. and Bryce McGowan's, right? Like that is what the, the 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 bright side of this move is. When this trade first happened, or when Terrell first came to Charlotte, remember it was him and Devontae Graham as like the backcourt of the future. Was. And Devontae Graham's been gone, and obviously Lamelo and Terry did it for a couple of years, but Lamelo is seven years younger, right? And so now you got to find that new backcourt mate for Lamelo, and it's a shame. It's the end of an of an era. I hate to say that, but it kind of is. But as weird as that is, but like th- that's my. I guess somewhat optimistic thought on Rogier going to Miami. Yes, the era is over. And, you know, many in the fan base are rejoicing because this does, this does state that this is a new era of Charlotte Hornets basketball under new ownership, Michael Jordan selling his majority stake in the team. You know, you have Gabe Plotkin, you got Rich Schnall now taking the reins of the organization. And this does breed and 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 lead into the next, you know, whatever iteration of Charlotte Hornets basketball that this team is going to be. And it looks like, and as it should be, surrounding LaMelo Ball and Brandon Miller with as much talent and giving them the, the you know, franchise tag, if you will. Like, these are our franchise guys. You know, you even had Mitch Kupchak stating this in the uh, – he had media availability today, late, late today. He was in a hotel room. And so I was like, where is this guy? Um, like, I know that he's not funny. traveling <laughs> – I know he's not traveling with the team to Detroit. Like, what are we doing? Like, where is this guy? Is he scouting? Does he believe he's going to be back in Charlotte next year because his contract is up? And so, like, what's he doing? Why is he not just, like, in his office or at home? I don't know. But anyways, this is the new iteration of the Charlotte Hornets, and Terry Rozier is not going to be a part of that. And – I made the statement this past week that there are no untouchables on this Charlotte Hornets roster. Now, what I mean, what I yeah. meant by that, okay, mm-hmm. I want to kind of delve into that because I, 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 I sent some people off. They were they they did not like my comments that I that I made, 
And in my mind, an untouchable player is someone who is and can lead an organization to a championship or is on a rookie contract and can and is showing signs of being able to do so. Like like your Victor Wimbenyamas, okay? Like okay. Uh, you have Paolo Bancaro, who is shown and is now the magic or what? A top four or five seed in the East as it Something stands, like mm-hmm. right? Um, one of these type of guys who, you know, is leading a franchise or looks to be able to do so. And so in my mind, I was just looking at the Charlotte Hornets roster and leading off with LaMelo Ball, I was like, you know what? LaMelo has all of the talent in the world. He's an all-star, you know, in his second year, um, has all of the talent, can lead a team. When when, when he's healthy, the Charlotte Hornets are just strictly better. They are. But the problem with LaMelo has been that he cannot stay healthy. And so now his rookie contract is coming up due. He is about to be on his extension contract, which is going to be paying him 40 mil per year. And when you just look at it from just that just basic standpoint, yeah, 40 mil per year for a guy who has missed more games this season than he has played, who missed half of the season last year, and mm. then who missed – 20-plus games in his rookie year as well, like each season he has dealt with an injury other than his all-star year where he missed a handful of games here and there, you know, like little tweaks, different things, not going to hold him, hold it against him. Mm-hmm. But when you're looking at a guy who is about to be 40 mil against your books who just can't seem to stay healthy, mm-hmm. are we like – are we willing to put the untouchable tag on him? That's a fair point. Yeah, I mean, for me, I wouldn't. Now, am I actively seeking to trade him? No. Hell no. By no means am I looking to trade LaMelo Ball. But if something came across the, you know, the 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 ether, like, I mean, I'd have to pay attention to it, right? Yeah, uh, what kind of what kind of players? Real quick, I know it's a, a brief aside. What kind of players would you even be like, huh? For a guy for Lamelo, like obviously, like okay, like I guess the top three of this draft class. If we off, if you were offered a, a Chet, and I don't know, package around Chet, Lou Dort, guys like that. If you were offered, I'm trying to think of other teams and like they're younger players, but like intrigue. Like what would make you go, hmm? Let's think about it. You know what I mean? So I'm. I'm at the point to where, obviously, LaMelo is the franchise. Like, he's your best player. Mm -hmm. And so, like, this isn't some guy you you pick up the phone and you're like, hey, what could you get me for LaMelo? Like, not actively shopping him. And honestly, on 98% of the phone calls, you're hanging up when they say, hey, this is – throw a team at me. This is – Oh, Detroit. This hell no, Detroit. Has <laughs> uh, this is Sacramento. There you go. That's better. What could we do to get Lamelo? Uh, you know, centered around De'Aaron Fox. No, I'm good. I'm good. Mm-hmm. Keegan Murray. I'm no, I'm good. Right, because like at this point, you're looking at what Lamelo can be, and you're trying not to hold against him too much. 
So when I made that statement, it's just because I look at the NBA in a in in a way to where I feel like an untouchable player. Like mm-hmm. that is a guy that is changing a franchise, like leading, carrying teams. Like you think of and this is a a bit unfair, but I'm still going to say it. Go with it, yeah. LeBron in those Cleveland years when he had absolutely no one. Like Z- like Zadrunas Ilgalskis was his second best player for yeah. much of those years in Cleveland. Like, are you kidding me? That yeah. is an untouchable. You cannot offer me anything for that player. We're seeing what Wimby's doing in San Antonio. And early on, I mean, it's unreal. Mm-hmm. It's like, like I know that the rookie conversation is like, is it Chet or is it Wimby for rookie of the year? And Chet and the OKC Thunder, I think they overtook Minnesota for the number one seed tonight after they uh, beat they did. the Blazers. Yes, they I did. Think they, they sit atop the Western Conference uh, standings currently. And wow. Wimby and the San Antonio Spurs are at the bottom of the West. And that joker still might come away with rookie of the year honors. Not because of hype, not because of the media, not because of what people want, but because of what he's doing in 24 minutes of mm-hmm. court time with what his surroundings look like is insane. I mean, he's averaging, what, 24, 10, yeah. and two, three blocks? <laughs> he's a monster. Like, it's And he's only playing half the game. Like, he's not in the 30s. He's like 23, 24 minutes a a night. Mm -hmm. It's insane. And so, like, that is an untouchable player, okay? Okay. Those guys. And, I mean, look, to me, to me. Anthony Edwards is one. Mm -hmm. I know other people have a different um, definition. We all have different definitions of things in life, Mm -hmm. okay? To me, that's what that is. And I know that maybe this part of the, you know, uh, episode has gone on a little bit longer than we wanted to. Oh, it's fine. Yeah. But look, I know that I I ticked some people off when I said, hey, look, this (laughs) roster is wide open. And so I say all that to get back to this point. Okay. Terry Rozier is in no way, shape, or form somebody that the Charlotte Hornets could not trade. No, no, he's been a target. He's been no. Nope, like, you're right about that. Like we would be crazy to say. I would be crazy to say that just moving Terry Rozier is a bad move. No, he was always gettable. He was mm. always tradable. People call. People call and say, "Hey, what do you want for Terry Rozier?" You pick up the phone and you have a conversation with every single team in the National Basketball Association. And so today. I was upset uh, with the return that the Charlotte Hornets received because, in my opinion, when I look at the Charlotte Hornets and I look at the package that they received, I believe that Terry Rozier had more value to the Charlotte Hornets than what they received in return. Mm. That's where I stand because when I look at this trade, it was done with the Miami Heat. You did not receive a young player in return. So a Nikola jo- uh, Jovic, who mm-hmm. was tossed around in, in some mock trades and 
hey, this could be a guy that the Charlotte Hornets could acquire. He's young. Uh, he's shown some promise uh, recently. This could be a guy that's thrown in in the trade in order to get a, a deal done. Yeah. And so, like, you get you don't even get him. You get an aging Kyle Lowry who's on an expiring. Okay, so you free up that money. I get that. Mm-hmm. You free up the money. That Yeah, flexibility. Flexibility as far as cap space goes. But then the biggest get is a 2027 first that's lottery protected, which is probably, since it's the Miami Heat, going to turn into a 2028 first. Mm. Which, once again, is the Miami Heat. Does anybody believe that the Miami Heat are not going to be with Eric Spolstra signing his new contract? The best coach in the NBA. I mean, does... do you have a remote? Yeah, no, I would I would I would go with that. I would okay. Go with that. Mm-hmm. All right. So the best coach in the NBA, Pat Riley Manning the Helm, who has been mm-hmm. a just a Hall of Famer, storied coach, GM, championships at all levels, all the things, right? Mm-hmm. Bam Adebayo, still very young. Yes, you have an aging Jimmy Butler. That's but true. Still, but you still have Tyler Hero. You That's still true. have Jaime Jaquez, mm-hmm. you still have Nikola Jovic, who, you know, I would have liked maybe at least if a deal's getting done, the Charlotte Hornets to seek that out. Like a prospect, yeah, like a young guy. I, yeah. You still I mean, have mm-hmm. multiple pieces in Miami. Does anybody believe that that 2028 first is just going to be a top 10 pick? Because I don't. It's a Miami Heat. I I'm mean, looking you- at it, and I'm saying – Hey, look, they're probably going to make a move. Their guys are going to continue to fit their system. They're going to target guys who fit their system and are going to come in like a Terry Rozier, who I believe fully fits heat culture, right? Mm Mm-hmm. In 2028, that's probably still going to be a pick in the 20s. And now, can you do other things with that pick? Of course you can. Mm-hmm. But if I'm just looking at this deal in a vacuum, and I know that oftentimes you can't do that, maybe ever, but if mm-hmm. I'm just right now, as of today sits, we don't know any of the other moves that are being made off of this, you get a 2028 first in return for Terry Rozier. I wanted more. I wanted more. And this just feels like, uh, and maybe that's asking too much. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to trade Terry Rozier in a deal just to make a deal. I wanted it to make sense for the Hornets, and I wanted to receive more value back in return than what he could produce for us on the court. That's fair. That's fair. That's an ex- excellent point. I will give you that for sure. Like, I, I I don't know. In my mind, I guess I give a little more forgiveness because I don't know what you like. I didn't think you were getting a lot for Terry Rozier, right? Like you weren't sure. getting a completely unprotected first round pick, maybe multiple seconds, but I would be more mad at multiple seconds. At least if you say a first, you win the press room, right? Like sure. you win that, right? Um, and then you're not. I'm not trading Terry Rozier for a like minded contract. Like I want to have some flexibility, so I look sure. at it that way. But like here's the thing: it was just they were never going to get a valuable player for him. They didn't manage to get a fully unprotected first round pick way into the future, but they did get a first one. 
Like they did. I mean, here's the thing: if nothing in Bay in 2027, Jimmy Butler will be 20, will be 35 in 2028. If he happened to miss the playoffs in 2026, 2027, and they have a down season 2027, 2028, the Hornets look great. And and let's not forget the Heat have had a year where they won the championship. This was way back in 2006, and then had the injury riddled season from H E double hockey sticks and missed the playoffs entirely the very next season. So like, it could happen. You know what I mean? Like. That's the thing. I, I just also, you know, it's in Miami owns the owes the OKC Thunder a lottery pick, the first round pick in 2025. If the Heat miss the playoffs next season, the pick in this trade will automatically become an unprotected 2028 first due to the sure. step in rule. So there's something there. I don't know. I just feel like, you know, I feel bad because we've seen Rozier grow. Like when he got brought over in a sign and trade when Kemba Walker left, we didn't love Rozier, right? Like he was okay. I wasn't a big fan of Rozier. He ate spaghetti sandwiches. He would make like he was interviewed. He's like, "Oh, I like to take my bread, put spaghetti on top, and then put some sugar on top of that, and make it into a sandwich." I was like, "What? Weird. I don't want you." But like, but like he made himself a good one, right? Then he got the four year extension. It wasn't super great, but in four and a half years, known for hitting difficult shots in the clutch, became a guy that we really loved. Scary Terry, all the things, right? Like in an alternate universe. You're able to build off what we've seen from Lonzo Ball or Lamella Ball with Terry Rozier growing into his into his prime and seeing what that happens. There's not a lot of injuries. There's all of this, but unfortunately, there were injuries. Unfortunately, the draft happened and, and mistakes were made. Um, unfortunately, ownership changed. You know, there were coaching changes, and at the end of the day, he just doesn't fit. And so, at that point, if if he's not going to be part of the next great Charlotte team to make the playoffs, a first round pick is better than nothing. You know, and I, I, I say that, and I, I'm saying that response to you because I agree. Like, I wish it was better, but we don't know that there was better out there. And so I feel like they made a move, not just to make a move, because you're right. Like, at some point, something had to fall. Like, the bottom had to fall out. If they went through this trade deadline didn't do anything, I'd have been annoyed. They did it a couple weeks earlier and t- ahead of the trade deadline, but maybe Miami gets cold, cold feet and they say, nah, forget it. And then you have nobody to take them, you know? And in my mind, like, you're going to have $45 million in cash space because, you know, um, Gordon Hayward will be gone too. Now it's like, this isn't great, but let's see. It could be one of those, and you know this, Josh. Josh. He's like, trade trains. Like we saw what Portland did with Damian Lillard. And they trade, you know, you trade Damian Lillard, get back Drew Holiday. You trade Drew Holiday, get back Robert Williams and these picks and this and this. Mm -hmm. It's like one player in one separate transaction when put in conjunction with all these other transactions, leads to a much bigger return. And so now I'm looking at a P.J. Washington. Now I'm looking at a Nick Richards. Now I'm looking at a Miles Bridges. Like, now we're looking at these other guys say, okay, let's see what they all bring. And then all of this can be lumped in together. Um, The best example I have is, like, the Lakers last season. They made a trade for Rui Hashimura a couple weeks before the trade deadline. Then the trade deadline happened. They brought in D'Angelo Russell. They brought in Malik Beasley. They brought in Jared Vanderbilt. But that Rui Hachimura addition was still part of it. So it became like this big series of transactions. And then we saw what happened. I'm not saying the Horns going to make the, the conference finals. But what I mean is like it's in the vacuum, which like you said, it's hard to do. Yeah, I, I think that the Miami Heat won this trade and the Hornets didn't lose it. That's how I would say it. But like I'm not great about it. But if we look at everything else, maybe there's hope, you know? Well, we definitely know the Charlotte Hornets have no chance in hell of making the conference finals. So that is you, <laughs> you are a thousand percent correct in saying uh, so. Yeah, that's not happening. No, 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 no. And probably no time soon. Um, I would say the frustrating part 
about this trade is, and like you said, the additional moves. And so we may get one or two weeks away from now. And you see all and, and and you see the cobwebs, you see the the different moves that were made that are all connected together and pieced together to where it makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. For this move, the James Plowright of uh All Hornets, he said this earlier. Uh I saw this online and I couldn't agree with it more. The frustrating part is because Terry Rozier was the least of the Hornets' problems. That's true. He was the least of the Hornets' problems. And so for him to go, like, the Hornets' problems have been injuries. The Hornets' problems have been Miles Bridges hijacking two separate off-seasons and everything being structured and created around re-signing him and the and the charlotte hornets issues have been around their star player lamello ball not being able to remain on the floor those have been charlotte's real issues and then on top of that all of the little pieces missing out completely on the 2021 draft book night jones Thor, uh, Scotty Lewis, that entire draft class, right? Just completely whiffed. And then also on some of your other young guys, not seeing the level of development you were quite hoping for in your Bryce McGowan's, in even, quite frankly, your P.J. Washington, who has been a nice player, who has supplied, you know, some good performances, but not consistent ones, right? And so when you look at all of the different pieces and the structure of the current roster, Mm -hmm. Terry Rozier was the least of it. And so if you decided, here's, but here's the double entendre, I guess you could say. Because Terry Rozier was the least of your problems, Mm -hmm. he had the most value, right? I like the way you said that, yeah. Because he was the least of your problems, he had the highest value. And so that's why the Charlotte Hornets, and maybe from a front office standpoint, maybe even from an ownership standpoint, how much are they signing off on these uh, trades since Mitch Kupchak is in the final year, lame duck GM, probably on his way out. That's another aspect of this that I don't love. Do, Do I want Mitch Kupchak pulling all these strings while he's got one foot out the door? No. No. I'm saying like Jordan making a draft selection as he left. Yeah, exactly. Like, I I don't want that. But, you know, Terry Rozier, he was going to gain you the most value. You're not getting a first-round pick for P.J. Washington. Miles Bridges has a no-trade clause essentially – tied into his current qualifying offer. He would have to veto that and agree if he were to be moved in any potential deal. He would have to sign off on it and say, yeah, I'm cool with it. Are you getting a first for a guy that's not on a long-term deal that could decide to say, no, I'm good. I don't want to sign with you guys. I'm going to actually test the free agent market. Probably not. Are you getting a a first for Nick Richards? No, you're Mm. not. Are you getting a first for James Booknight? 
Hell no. You ain't getting anything for James Booknight. And so, like, when you look across the landscape of this roster, Mm -hmm. there's a part of me that gets what took place today. But I okay. still, but I still stand by the 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 point, and I I said this even last week in a series of tweets, uh, podcast episode of Hive Hoops. I, I I said this on my own podcast that the Charlotte Hornets moving forward, they they don't have any untouchable players, which I you know argue with me if you want there. <laughs> but, I, but I could also, on the flip side, say there's five players that I would like to build around. LaMelo Ball, obviously. Mm-hmm. Brandon Miller, obviously. Okay. Mark Williams is your sophomore center. Makes a ton of sense to keep him around. He's shown promise. I like what he does. He just got to, once again, another Hornets problem, stay healthy. Nick Smith. Yeah. Nick Smith Jr. is another rookie. He's shown some promise this season. And one of the, uh, I guess you would say, positives to this deal being made, you said it to open the show. Nick Smith Jr. is going to receive additional minutes now that Terry Rozier has been shipped out. That is yep. the that is the shimmery, you know, positive. <laughs> Glowing light, yeah. Exactly. But that fifth player that I named, and this shocked some people, and it may shock you, that fifth player that I named on the current or what was the current roster of the Charlotte Hornets was mm-hmm. Terry Rozier. And the reasoning behind me wanting to possibly hold on to Terry Rozier, why I could be talked into him being that fifth guy that you could build around, he was the only he's the only veteran on the entire roster, like true vet. Like, I'm not talking about a guy who's in their fourth or fifth season who's still on their rookie deal or who just received their second contract and is in the first year of their second contract. I'm not talking about those guys. No, no, no. I'm talking about true vet, like late 20s, early 30s, has shown leadership qualities, who has gotten guys together for, you know, off-season camps in Miami, you know, in prior seasons who, you know, the young guys speak glowingly about, who the coaching staff always raves about their work ethic and all of the things. Terry Rozier was your only one. And so <laughs> when you're building a roster, you have to have bets. And yeah. so to have a guy who's averaging 23, 6, and 4 on 46% from the field at mm-hmm. a guard position, who's still in his 20s, who's only making $24.5 million per year, you could have convinced me that he could have been one of the pieces moving forward that you wanted to keep a, and build around. Not as in saying he's a cornerstone, but okay. he can play a large role. Doesn't mean he has to start. He can come off the bench and be that six-man role. He may have to adapt in his role. But because of what all of I just stated, his production, his contract, and his veteran role, it made sense to me, get rid of all the other pieces. We're 10 Mm -hmm. and 31. But to say that we're 10 and 31 because of Terry Rozier, I think that's disingenuous. Okay. The larger part of that is because of who he's been surrounded around. And quite frankly, the Charlotte Hornets have been competitive in many of these games uh-huh. because Terry Rozier is still on the roster. But
but he's playing alongside of guys named Nathan Mensa and Ish Smith and Bryce McGowan's, right? And JT Thor. Mm-hmm. Those are the running mates that he's had. He hasn't had LaMelo Ball for much of the season. And so for all the people who say, yeah, okay, all of that leadership amounted to what? A 10 and 31 season? Sure. But apply the same metrics to LaMelo in that same point to then. Because I I don't believe that it lies on LaMelo. LaMelo's yeah. been injured. Okay. I'm I'm just saying if I'm using other people's arguments mm. that they've used against Terry Rozier as to why the Charlotte Hornets are where they are. Terry Rozier is the least of Hornets' problems. And that's why I believe that he could have been, I'm not saying for the long term, but moving him for a first-round pick when I feel like he personally, once again, Mm. has more value to the Charlotte Hornets than a first-round pick four years in the future, Mm -hmm. you could have made an argument, and I would have listened to it. Okay. No, I like, you are dropping the fire. I need to catch you with this uh this 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 wine a little bit later all the time for these shows, my guy. Um I, I with you. I just I don't know. I guess again, not even pushing back. I, I agree with you. It's just my mind is like, hey, Rogier in like okay, let me ask you this. How much do you think he's gonna help Miami? Like, I think he's gonna help Miami solidly. I don't think they're moving past their current position. I don't think it's a huge leap. Oh, I, I see I do. I really I do. I believe that Terry Rozier, once again, Terry Rozier is not some world beater. He's not an all-star player. He's not all-NBA caliber by any stretch of the imagination. Mm -hmm. He's not any of those things. But this is a guy that brings it every single night, like, He was the only player on the current Charlotte Hornets roster Mm -hmm. that I could really, on a nightly basis, say he's going to show up. Because you never knew what you were going to get with the rest of the roster. Mm -hmm. You had guys in and out because of injuries. You had young guys who were being thrust into a role that they weren't ready for. Um, receiving opportunities that maybe they wanted but weren't ready to rise to the occasion for. But Terry Rozier, you even if he had an off night, you knew he was going to play as hard as he possibly could with every ounce of his being and that he was not going to stop. Is he the best defender? No. Was he going to be a ball stopper on the offensive end? Sometimes, but yes, yeah, that's for what the Charlotte Hornets had throughout so much of his on court availability. Mm-hmm. That was the best offense that the Charlotte Hornets had quite often. And yeah. so, I don't have the metrics in front of me as far no. as whenever he shared the floor with LaMelo. Okay. I stated on prior episodes of my own podcast over at Hive Hoops, LaMelo, Terry Rozier, backcourt, it's not working. It's really not, mm. right? And so if you're going to build around LaMelo, you're going to move forward. This thing isn't perfect. But just because some things aren't perfect doesn't mean that they can't function 
at a good or even high rate. You may just have to tweak some things. And so I was willing with Terry Rozier to do some of that Mm -hmm. and to find his real role on the roster. Once we got rid of all of the guys that we've been waiting to develop, all of the draft picks, all of the young capital that we had had that we just saw didn't amount to anything. And so when you strip all of that away Mm -hmm. and you really get down to the bare bones, I was fine with him. But as far as him being on the heat, he embodies the heat culture. People make fun of heat culture, right? They put it on their jersey. Hardest working. Last in the gym. That's right. Yeah, yeah. First to lunch. Last to breakfast. Yeah. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. You know. (laughs) Look. People make fun of it all they want. I believe in it. I like, I truly like, mm. does anybody look at those rosters and believe that those should have been the Eastern conference champions three out of the last four seasons? Does nah. like, like for real. Yeah. Nah. Like they really are between their coach, between their coaching Finding and figuring. They haven't been able to close the deal. And that's because they ran into the best team from the other conference, which is a perennial tougher conference, right? And so, but to to get through the Bucs, to get through the Celtics, and just consistently with who? Highsmith? A guy named Highsmith? Hayward Highsmith, but yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right. Cody Martin went off in the Eastern Conference Finals. And we know he hasn't been able to find a shot since the Eastern Conference Finals. He hasn't. Right? Gabe Vincent went on a hot streak. You haven't seen him play this season barely. Yeah. He haven't. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the Miami Heat get the best out of who they have, other than Kyle Lowry, which is why they shipped his ass. His big <laughs> ass, by the way. His big voluptuous <laughs> ass. Okay. <laughs> to the Charlotte Hornets. That's why they got rid of him, because he did not do – what all the other players in Miami do, which is get the most out of their game. Mm. Terry Rozier is going to go. Is he going to average 23 points? No, he's not going to have that level of freedom mm-hmm. in Miami. But his effectiveness and his efficiency and his ability to bring it every night and to give his all and to be a just absolute, you know, bucket whether that be in the starting lineup or off the bench, mm-hmm. man, I, right now the Heat sit at the sixth seed. Yeah, I think that this vaults them up into Eastern Conference contenders. I truly do. Okay. Because they've done it three of the last four seasons with guys named Hayward Highsmith, right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. If, if, if you thrust – a much better version of Jordan Clarkson and Terry Rozier. Agreed. I yeah yeah. I mean I I think Eric Spolstra and Co are going to figure it out. I think that they're gonna you know really get down to what's going to make this team work. And yeah, mm-hmm. I, I I think that they are right back into Eastern Conference champion contention. I do. There it is. I right, listen. I'm I'm a. I'm gonna take your word on that for sure, right there. Like there it is. <laughs> I okay. As he as he as he polish off the wine. I have one last question for you here. Um, who do you think is next to go? 
when it comes to the Hornets. I mean, I already threw out a few guys. I already threw out a Gordon Hayward. I already threw out a Miles Bridges, a PJ Washington, Nick Richards. Like, who do you think is next in moves? And I'll add a little extra question to that. What are you looking for in return for these players, right? So I think PJ Washington is the next to go. PJ okay. is a guy that uh, I wanted back in Charlotte because I felt like you could get him on a team-friendly deal. Mm. Um, but yet again, he's been healthy the entire season. You've been getting numerous uh, games from PJ. He's had his opportunities to step up, and he does occasionally. Mm -hmm. But too often, there's not that consistency. And the pieces just don't work. They just don't work. There's not enough defense on this team. There's not enough, uh, you know, above average defenders on this roster. And that's something that I once believed PJ Washington to be at that four small ball five lineup kind of guy. I felt like he could do that now when he's facing Embiid or, you know, you know, the, the, the Jokic the upper echelon centers in the league. No, he can't stick with them. But for, you know, smaller moments and minutes at the five, sure, he could hold his own. That's been an area where I believe that he has actually regressed. I feel like he's getting beat off the dribble more often. I feel like, uh, what's he in, year five at this point? He's still not – you can't have a power forward only getting five, six rebounds a game. You just can't like not on this roster, not on this team. Mm. And so he just doesn't fit enough what the Charlotte Hornets need. And so I believe at this juncture, I think PJ Washington has to be the next one to go. But as I stated earlier, Terry Rozier had the highest value because he was the least of the problems. But PJ Washington has been a large portion to me, uh, he's been a large piece of the problems. And so you're not going to get that return. So you're looking at maybe, you know, some seconds. The Dallas Mavericks have been tied to him. Uh, they wanted him. I like that. Season, apparently, um, if there's a deal there where you could maybe flip a P.J. Washington for a Grant Williams and some mm -hmm. seconds. Okay. I think that makes a lot of sense. The Hornets would save even a little bit more money. I think PJ's on 16 mil per year. I think Grant Williams is on 12, 13 That'd mil per year. So you can save a little bit of money. You still get a comp player. But in this sense, Grant Williams is, you know, a little bit bigger body, not not height wise, but a little, you know, he's got that that thickness, right? That we yeah. Kyle Lowry. Yeah. Yeah. He kind of got that stout, that girth. That's right. And so you get some seconds attached. I think that could be a deal that, you know, I don't think anybody's going to scoff at. I think everybody in Charlotte's just kind of like, we know what PJ Washington is at this point. If you can get a, you know, a player, you know, in his same stratosphere plus some additional picks, I think that that's something to try because at this point, it's just not working, right? Um, Gordon Hayward. That's a buyout guy. I mean, at this at this point, what are you mm. going to do with with a guy thirty mil who can't stay healthy? Is anybody going to give you anything? True. 
No. Like, I mean, you hope that you get like a, a fellow expiring contract on like a contending team, but exactly. I don't even know what that looks like. You know, Maybe what I mean? at least not look, right now. I know the 76ers have kind of been thrown around because I think that they have Robert Covington, who's not like receiving any playing time, uh, hardly, uh, if any. I haven't really been paying attention to Robert Covington stats. Yeah, uh, no, I, you haven't gotten a whole lot of time. And then more like, situationally. Uh, one of the Morris twins is there. Marcus in, Morris. Yeah. yeah. Is it Marcus or Markeith that's in? It's um, Marcus. Markeith's in okay. Dallas. That's right. So Marcus is in Philly. And so I think he's on another expiring deal as well. And so both of those salaries lining up to meet Gordon Hayward's Gordon Hayward's the best player of those three. He can mm. add some some bench scoring to a Philadelphia team that just is trying to get over the hump. They just can't seem to get over it, and they run into these other teams in the in, in the Eastern uh, you know conference playoffs, and they just can't seem to get over that hump. Maybe Gordon Hayward, a healthy Gordon Hayward, coming off the bench. He facilitates, he moves the ball, but he can also score in the half-court set. Things mm-hmm. slodge, they get bogged down. You can dump it to him, he can get to his spot. Maybe he can score some for you. That could be something that you look for possibly. Maybe get some seconds attached to that as well because you're not getting anything in player return. That could be a deal that's maybe possibly out there. But at the end of the day, it's looking like buyout for Gordon Hayward. Um, it's looking like you're not going to get very much for PJ Washington. Like, no. I mean, just, how, how much value can you get for most of your players that create the roster of a 10 and 31 team? Well, that's what I was going to say. There's not a whole lot you're going to get back for those guys to begin with based off of that. You're not. You're not because every guy, every, you know, rival GM can just say, guys are 10 and 31 this guy's been healthy for 90 percent of the games yeah he's not that important to y'all winning or or lack thereof you know what i mean like yeah exactly and that and that may have been what miami did that may have been what pat riley did on his phone calls with mitch kupchak and so i do believe that this hornets team has to change like we have I've, i've been beating this drum over the summer last season consolidation of the roster. I think the last time I was on with you, consolidation of the roster, consolidation of the roster, consolidation of the roster. You were. We did. These young these young draft picks aren't doing what you would hope that they would. And so mm-hmm. it's time to move on. We have entirely way too many young guys taking up roster spots. Uh, your James Booknights, your JT Thors, your Bryce McGowan's is, uh, even though – I'm not completely out on him because he does have some offensive game. But Yeah, I love his energy. I love the way – yeah, I agree. Like, there's something there. There's something there. I think for both him and Nick Smith Jr., there's something to at least see no, what they that, can bring. Now, look, Nick Smith Jr., I'm extremely high on. And I, I, I was on draft night, like, as the first round was coming to an end and we started getting mm-hmm. closer to pick 27, Hornets on the board. I'm like, man, Nick Smith Jr., make it to us. Make it to us. Make it to us. Please, Mitch, please take him. Put, and – we did. Mm-hmm. And so I was super high on Nick Smith Jr. I think there's definitely something there. He's Terry Rozier light. Pretty much. Nick yeah. Smith Jr. is Terry Rozier light. And so that's what. So if I'm looking, I, I hated the deal 
Uh, I dropped some expletives online today. Uh, you, you, had saw, a, you had a die. I did. When I saw the deals, when I saw the details of the deal, I did not like it. But if I'm looking at it from a positive standpoint, the positive standpoint is Nick Smith Jr. minutes are opening up. Nick Smith Jr. is Terry Rozier the third light. And I believe that he can surpass him in his NPA career as far as his production and what he can bring to a team. And so for that reason, and for those reasons, I'm excited about the trade, but that's about where it starts and ends as far as excitement there. But as far as any more on the trade front, uh, you're not going to get anything for book night. You're not getting any, Thing for Thor. You're not getting anything for McGowan. You're not getting anything for Ishmith. You're not getting anything for Frank Nilakina. No. All of those guys are just throwaway dudes. Every yeah. one of them. And so your next pieces to move, they're PJ. PJ Washington is your next guy. Mm-hmm. You, can explore, gonna, yeah. you can explore Gordon Hayward all you want. I don't think that any teams are going to give up any assets for him. And then lastly, you have Miles Bridges. And, I mean, I think it would be pretty easy to convince Miles Bridges, hey, bro, we're 10-31. and 31. Why don't you go join this playoff team? Why don't you mm-hmm. go join the Los Angeles Lakers? Why don't you go join the Phoenix Suns? If there's interest, of course, obviously. Mm-hmm. You can't just say, hey. Can't just do it. Right? Yeah, of course. Why don't you go join the Philadelphia 76ers and then the Charlotte Hornets recoup some assets from that trade and then be able to wash their hands clean and be able to say, you know what? We really didn't want to bring Miles Bridges back, but we did because we knew that this is a cutthroat business. We knew that somebody would want him. We knew that we could flip him for some assets. And he's not producing at the rate that he was two years ago. He hasn't been terrible. By any, mm. he's not been terrible, Mm-mm. but he's not that near all star level that he was back in 2022 either. And so let's look to move him. Are we really going to bring him back next year? Yeah, we have tons of cap space now because of the Terry Rozier deal. But is this the guy that we want to spend it on? Because he, I mean, he's looking for 30 mil per year. Yeah. Are you wanting to pay? Miles Bridges for 30 mil per year? Nah. I mean, I'm forget done. the optics of him as a player. And I mean, forget the optics of him off the court, but also on the court. I'm good. Yeah, no. I mean, literally, you can take out everything off the court and just look at the on court production. I still don't want him for 30. Terry Rozier was better than Miles Bridges this year. He was getting paid 24 million per year. So why would I take a, why would I extend? a player who's not playing as well, who doesn't mm-hmm. provide leadership, who you have to worry about off the court issues, yeah, where you have to worry about what the perception is and what he may do when he's away from the team and pay him more. No. Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. It doesn't. And so no. if you can move him and get anything for him, I'm up for it. I've always been – I don't want Miles Bridges back in Charlotte. He's back. There's nothing I can do about it. I don't own the, own the team. I'm not the GM. But 
I would, I would, I would definitely shop Miles Bridges and see about a possible, you know, trade partner on that front. Yeah. No, I think that's gonna be interesting. I think. I mean, first off, thank you just for this time that you give me because, like, you've gone above and beyond in terms of the analysis that I was hoping to get from another Hornets guy and bring it all, you know, you had your wine in hand and I got some good deep dive analysis here. Uh, okay. Before we close out here, I definitely want to get, we've talked about, but how would you grade this deal for yeah. the heat? Okay. You're already- <laughs> no, I'm, I'm so, finished, finished, finished. Okay. For the, well, how'd you grade this deal for the heat? How'd you grade this deal for the Hornets? And then on a one to 10 scale, what is your faith in Mitch Kupchak as we get closer to the trade deadline for them to make, um, for him to make the proper moves for this team. Okay, for the Miami Heat, I say this is an A. Okay. Across the board, I have not seen a single Heat fan. I mean, I had Heat fans in my mentions all day long. They were <laughs> – so I made the statement last week mm-hmm. that if the Miami Heat come calling for Terry Rozier, it's Jaime Jaquez or bust. You hang up the phone if you don't get him. Now, did I ever believe that the Miami Heat would offer him? No. Hell no. I would I wouldn't offer Jaime Jaquez for Terry Rozier. So, I never expected that to be the deal, but from my viewpoint, I was looking at what the Miami Heat had to offer and I'm like, you don't have what it takes to get this guy. Mm-hmm. From from my standpoint, if I were the GM of the Charlotte Hornets and you called me and you offered me Kyle Lowry in a first, I'm looking at you and I'm hanging up immediately. That's what I'm doing. And so I made the statement, Jaime Jaquez Jr. or Kick Rocks Miami. And so I've had Miami Heat fans in my mentions all day long. They've been saying stuff. They've been running their mouth. They've been doing all those things because they thought that we that I actually thought we could get them. But anyways, I say all that to say this. They're all related, every one of them, and as they should be because they know that they gave up nothing Mm-hmm. They know that their 2027 first is not going to be in the lottery. And even if it is in the lottery, then they get to convey the 2028 first. And they know that that 2027 first is going to be in the 20s, which is not going to mean unless you get lucky that mm-hmm. you're striking or missing out on a franchise-changing player more than likely. And so for the Miami Heat, the Heat fans love it. The fan base loves it. The front office, the team, everybody loves that deal. That's an A. For the Charlotte Hornets, man, I've got to rate this as there are some bright spots, Mm -hmm. right? As stated, you get the Nick Smith Jr. additional minutes. I do believe, I've said even in the pre-draft process, before he was ever a Charlotte Hornet, I said Nick Smith Jr. is Terry Rozier. Like, like that is him personified. His Even the way he plays, like he's kind of herky-jerky. He's kind of just kind of, oh, like just all over the place. His kind of frenetic kind of style. Yeah, he's frenetic. He's playing hard. I really don't have to question whether he's going to bring it on a nightly basis. He His shots may not fall. He may not have a good game, just like Terry had those as well. But you don't have to question his heart. No. You don't have to question his work ethic. You don't have to question if he's going to bring it. And so for the Charlotte Hornets, 
I'm gonna say this is a. Um, I'm gonna say this is a D. I'm gonna call it a D on the show. A D. Okay. And the, and the and that's yeah. because Nick Smith Jr. I I just don't believe that waiting four years now. If that first round pick is attached to something, and then that those two pieces are combined to go out and you know acquire a player, mm-hmm. X player, whatever you know, and it's a defensive minded guard or it's a defensive minded wing or you know a stretch five, stretch four guy who's really good and it's something different than what the current roster has had. Like, I mean, you have Mark Williams, Nick Richards. That is the exact same type of center. Like I would like to throw at other teams something different where they have to prepare. Hey, when the Hornets backup five comes in, that's a stretch five kind of guy. He can shoot it. So we're going to have to, Maybe go small ball, and then at that point, maybe you can punish them on the boards, or you get, you know, you have somebody who can stroke it from outside, and that opens up the lanes to where guys can drive, where they can create, where they can kick out for open shots. Like right now, the Charlotte Hornets are just too much of the same. Yeah, it's a lot of duplicative talent, or or her lack thereof, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, that's wild. That's wild. And and, and so – the reason, just to finish this conversation up on or 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 this question that you asked me, man, I just I felt like that value just it was better served on the roster, and mm. I, I know that some people don't believe that. I know it. Lamelo first fans, especially, do not believe that. But I'm not a Lamelo first guy. I'm a Hornets first guy. And, yeah, I want to see LaMelo succeed just as anybody else. I believe in LaMelo. I think that he's a game changer. I think that he is, you know, a special talent. He's got to stay on the floor, though. Mm -hmm. And these LaMelo first fans who were just really ready to ship Terry out on the first boat that offered a second-round pick, I think that's – I I don't think that that's doing what's best for the team, and I don't think that's what's doing best for LaMelo even. Because these Lamelo first guys were just getting mad when uh, when Terry and Lamelo would share the court, and Terry's taking shots away from Lamelo, or he's taking the ball out of Lamelo's hands, and you know this, that, and the third, and I don't know. I I feel for what the Charlotte Hornets did not have another player like Terry Rozier other than a very young rookie in Nick Smith Jr. Yeah. The Charlotte Hornets did not have another player like Terry Rozier who you knew was going to bring it, who's going to give his absolute all, who provided shooting, who provided a hunger to win, a tenacity, uh, even in, in the areas that he doesn't excel you knew that he was going to give effort. It wasn't going to be one of those things where he just laid down ever. Mm. And the Charlotte Hornets just don't have those guys. They don't. And so to take the only guy on the roster who does embody leadership uh, and those qualities that were just aforementioned, I mean, I don't love that when you have to wait 
another three to four years for that pick to convey. As it as you look at just this deal singularly, now okay. if other deals come open and the other things, you know, maybe things start to become more clear, right? But as far as just this deal in and of itself, no. Nah. And and to answer that last portion, Mitch Kupchak, I believe in Mitch Kupchak about as little as you possibly can. Like I believe in Mitch Kupchak as much as a <laughs> As much as a father, mm-hmm. oh, so, oh no! As much as a father believes in Santa on Christmas night, as he's bringing the 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 presents down from the attic, like oh wow, like he's he has a foot out the door. I don't even want Mitch Kupchak making like too like too many crazy moves at the deadline. The the lucky thing for Mitch Kupchak mm-hmm. is that this team is so bad. It really doesn't matter if you make the moves. Yeah, they kind of are like, what they are. Like that's where he gets off the hook here. But in a in a general speaking, you know, just environment and landscape, I don't believe in Mitch Kupchak. I don't because I've seen what he's created this roster and turned this roster. He kept telling us that this roster was going to be a playoff roster. Uh, I I know we've gotten better. I don't know much about the rest of the Eastern Conference uh, and how to assess them. Uh, if they've gotten better too, then whatever, then that's great. Mm-hmm. But I know that we've gotten better. All this yada 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 yada. I know that he has not built a roster to where when you sustain the amount of injuries that the Charlotte Hornets have, that you can remain competitive or tread water. I do know that, and the only reason why you remain competitive or tread any kind of water was because Terry Rozier, who you just traded away, was keeping you in these games. Was, was keeping, keeping you in these forward. games and was healthy for the most part. That is true. <sighs> Man, this was uh, cathartic. This was stressful. This was a ton here. Um, I got to say, uh, don't sit tight because I'm going to have you back here rather than trade the line, Josh, to kind of go through any moves, what moves are made. They're you coming, might have an apparently. Yeah. Apparently they're coming. They are, and uh, yeah. <laughs> was there, was, that's what the report stated today that, I mean, Mitch Kupchak, even in his media availability, mm-hmm. he said, you know, uh, we would be willing to take on long-term contracts. So uh, in order to gain draft assets and draft capital in the here and now, and so that's something that they're open to. Woj reported that the Charlotte Hornets would be more active leading up to the trade deadline. So, hey, I'm ready. Have me back on. We'll talk about it. This one hurts the most. This one hurts the most from a – if I'm just speaking from a fan standpoint, this one hurts the most. He was a fan favorite of my family, my kids, my wife, me, obviously. Yeah. Josh is rocking the jersey loud and proud right now, y'all. That's right. I mean, the fan favorite – just from that standpoint, but then also from a roster, he was the least of the Hornets' problems. Like, he brought every night something that nobody else on the team brought. And so to lose that, I mean, was, was it equating to wins in and of itself? No. no. Did we do, do the Charlotte Hornets need more veteran leadership? Yes. Do the Charlotte Hornets need more guys who can shoot? Yes. Do the Charlotte Hornets need more guys 
that bring it every single night and you never have to question the way that they approach the game, their mentality, and how they're going to come out? Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, I mean, they need more of all of those things. Mm-hmm. But that's why it was harder to to lose Terry because he brought something to the table, multiple somethings to the table that guys like Miles Bridges don't. P.J. Washington does not. Nick Richards does not. Bryce McGowan does not. J.T. Thor does not. James Booknight does not. And so that's why this one was more difficult. I understand that for sure. Wow. This was this was the first domino um, that, like you said, Josh, like, like we heard Mitch Kupchak say, there'll be plenty more to come. I will have you back on to react to those. I will also be reacting to those. But for tonight, as, as, as we sign off here, tell the good folks where they can find you because you are one of the, the, the underrated great ones. Not even the underrated, but just you do so much good Hornets, consistent work, content between your podcasts and just commenting. Let the folks know where they can find you and all that you do. All right, guys. Uh, as far as podcast, Hive Hoops, you can find it at any platform, Spotify, Apple, uh, you know, uh, I think Google Podcast just went out of business. They so, literally just said, "Yeah, there are there." It's all YouTube music now. So yeah, YouTube. I just got the email, so I was about to say Google Podcast. I'm like, nah, I don't catch us there. Yeah, like, that ticks me that. off today. I was like, are you serious? Why? I know, I'm, right? I don't go to YouTube for a podcast. But I mean, everybody's listening on Spotify or Apple. If we're being yeah, like Castbox right. and like Stitcher, I think Stitcher's at business too now. Like all those are out. So. Hive Hoops, that's the podcast you can check out, uh, you know, usually release at least one, if not two or three episodes per week to just kind of uh, break down the week that was the Charlotte Hornets. You can also catch me at Hornets Lead. I'm the social media manager for the uh, Hornets Lead account. So if you want to see, you know, my thoughts, uh, you know, during the game on trades, uh, you know, just some fun, lighthearted, like fan interacting type stuff as well. But then also, you know, deep analysis uh, from time to time as well. Uh, I, I just kind of give the full gamut there. Check it out at Hornets Lead. And then at Balta 77, that's the personal and uh you know that's where you'll catch not only mainly sports you know hornets panthers charlotte fc u.s soccer uh you know even some you know uh you know soccer around the globe uh you know personal opinions you know you get a little politics you know a little different stuff like that Maybe I'm not supposed to throw that in on the pot. No, you, you're so, fine. Listen, you're that's the guest. personal. You know, that's, that's the why, personal. That's why it's the personal. So you can get all my thoughts on, you know, uh, nah, I, I'm not going to be giving too many thoughts. <laughs> the primaries and all yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all all right, the things. That's where you can catch me. Okay? There you go. <laughs> that's where you can catch me. There you go. Make sure to check them out. Like I said, the guy really knows his stuff. You can follow me all on Twitter at CorbinNBA, C-O-R-B-A-N-N-B-A. Um, everything I do there, this show, Round Ball Ramble, um, roster construction, sports, I mean, all of it. Just find me there, C-O-R-B-A-N-N-B-A. But listen, now, this has been a great one. I want to thank you coming on again, Josh. Really appreciate it. For Josh, for myself, we are Frosty. Y'all say Frosty, and as always, even, even now... <laughs> <laughs>